And I'm Jess, and we are, again, continuing Stephen King's summer. Endless Stephen King. <laughs> it's been, uh, it's been really fun so far. I've had a great time. Um, I have never seen any of these movies that we have covered so far, so really fun for me. I haven't um, seen a lot of these either, and I'm the big Stephen King fan. Yeah. That's why I put a lot of these on here, because, like, yeah, I think I saw this and Sleepwalkers when I was really little, but I didn't remember anything about them except that they existed. Yeah, and on that note, we're covering uh, the anthology, which I love anthologies, Cat's Eye. And another cat movie. Yes, another, <laughs> it has just been cat summer for the last couple weeks. We love cats. Yeah. We love pussy. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> Don't uh, sue us, George Lucas. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Not that I, I'll get into my George Lucas thoughts about this movie. Yes. So, um. This is uh, not my favorite anthology of his because Creepshow exists, um, and not my second favorite because Creepshow 2 exists, <laughs> um, but I did really enjoy this, and yeah. part of the reason I enjoyed it, uh, so it's separated into three parts, um, and it's not, um, I would say, like a typical anthology is because there's no, like, overarching story that, like, someone's telling the stories or something like that, or, like, Creepshow where it's the comics. Yeah. And it's not quite trick-or-treat, where it's, like, d- different intersecting stories, but it right. kind of, it's closer to trick-or-treat, but the stories never quite intersect, but there is one line that threads them all together, which is the cat, um, that looks a lot, it's a, he's a gray tabby, so cute. He's cute. I love all tabbies, I love all cats, cats are great. Yeah. Um, so, this came out in 1985, like I said, it's split into three parts, Two, uh, the first two parts are based on short stories in, um, Night Shift, which, on camera, I'm gonna go ahead and, (laughs) um, fix our little, little thing here, and I am going to put up the Night Shift book, because the two, uh, parts of this that are based on short stories of his are both in Night Shift, um, which is also what the boogeyman came from, which we did at the beginning. Um, so the two stories are, stories are Quitters, Inc., which is one of my favorite of his short stories ever, and he's written a lot. It's, uh, it's really interesting. It really is. I love the story. Uh, the other one is called The Ledge. Um, definitely a much better story than a movie would ever make because of what the story is. And then the third one is an original, which they're all original, but, um, is a movie only thing that he created for the movie, um, starring Drew Barrymore. But she is a visage throughout this film. <laughs> it makes no sense. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and... Stephen King wrote this screenplay. Raise, raise your hand if you're surprised. Show of hands? Show? No one? No one? Bueller? Yeah. Bueller? <laughs> so, um... <laughs> yes. <laughs> you. We told you how we felt about uh, Stephen King's screenplays. We love him episode. so much. But we know? do. We do. Um, so we forgive him for a lot of things. Yes. The director of this is Louis Teague. Uh, it looks like he did the um, Dukes of Hazard movie um, and just some other like '90s stuff that I really haven't seen. Early two thousands. Um, so we start on. Uh, well, we start on a cat, and then immediately in this movie, we get some Stephen King Easter eggs. Uh, because as soon as this cat comes into frame, we see a big old dirty-looking St. Bernard. It's Cujo. It's Cujo. And I wrote a joke, oh shit, it's Cujo, goddamn. Literally, not goddamn, goddamn. Um, and thought, oh, that's funny, that must be like a little nod that someone put in. But then right after that, they run across the street and almost get hit by Christine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's the right car. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, and I was Fuck, like, oh, shit, so right. it's Christine. <laughs> and uh, I was trying to, like, look to see if I could see any other. Those are the only two Easter eggs that I saw. Christine that should be on the set, but Jeff and I haven't gotten around to actually putting it together. Oh my god, I would not be able to in 10 years. 
No. There's so many small parts. So dude. many small parts. I looked at it and I said, no, have fun. It's going to look really good when Jeff puts it together. Um, <laughs> when Jeff does. Um, I just paint it. Yeah. yeah you did. She it. did. I did. I bought it when I was drunk and I forgot that I bought it. Yep. It'd be like that. And I woke up the next day at horror house and I was like, hey, that's cool. <laughs> when am I going to put that together? Yeah. Never. Um, <laughs> here we are six months later. <laughs> So, um, we do, uh, one, we, like, right off the bat, we're getting these, this weird imagery of, like, a mannequin, but then, like, Drew Barrymore's face is, like, superimposed on it. Uh, why? I have no idea. She's like, I need help. They're coming for me. He's coming after me. And this, this cat actor, superb cat actor. He's, like, pawing at the window. He's perfect. It was so He's perfect. <laughs> so, uh, uh, we go right into our very first short, um, because the little cat's running through the city, and he gets picked up by a random person, mm-hmm. um, and I can't remember what the logo is on, but it has a logo for Quitters, Inc., and of course I knew right where I was. Um, and I was very excited to be here because I love this place because I love this story. Um, I think it's such a cool story and I will explain little bits about it. Um, but I think it does well as a short on its own. I really liked it as a short. Yeah, I think this is the strongest of the three by far. I agree with that. Um, and part of that is its leading man, James Woods. I have James Woods. Um, I mean, I can't. Yeah. Icon. Uh, I am so sorry to share this online, Katie. I love you so much. Um, Katie and I watched this together last night, and she just found out that James Woods was a real person and not just a Family Guy character. I've heard he's a piece of shit, though. I've heard he's a giant piece of shit. Um, and then, but but, but he I, is a real like I didn't person, even make <laughs> no, I didn't even really make fun of her because she has zero reason to know who James Woods is, other than the fact that he's James Woods. Yeah. But she doesn't know actors at all. Like, she doesn't know actors. The first time I ever heard of James Woods was in Family Guy, so I can't really blame yeah. her. Yeah, and it's just, I was like, you have never seen a movie with him. You have no reason to know who he is, other than the fact that I told her he's Hades and Hercules, um, so she would know his voice, but I was like, yeah, no, that's like the actual person in real life. She's like, I've never seen his face before. That's wild. She never would have had, like, she's never seen Videodrome. We need to see Videodrome. We're going to watch it together. You see our chest vagina. <laughs> you see Videodrome, right? Okay. I, you're, you're a Cronenberg fan, of course. Um, I love Cronenberg. So, uh, our main character, Dick, is played by James Woods, um, which I was just not expecting. We just haven't... Some of these, especially the 80s and 90s movies, I don't recognize a lot of the actors, or they're not A-listers. Um, and especially for a... a a, a, a leading role, but it's only a third of the movie. Yeah. James Woods, to take that role, like, that's, especially in the 90s, like, yeah. or no, 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 this is 85, so this is, like, the beginning, middle, but still, this is, like, the height of his career. Yeah. Anyway. Maybe he just believed in Stephen King. We all do. So, I mean, Mark Hamill, for fuck's sake. Mark Hamill believed in Stephen King. We all do. Um, so... James Woods goes into this waiting area. Um, he made a Jim Jones joke, which I loved. He did. Uh, anyway, sorry. His friend convinced him to go to this place. He pulls out a cigarette. Um, it's this really funny uh, gag that he like looks around for an ashtray, and then there's all these like signs all over the walls about how bad smoking is, and he just kind of very shamefully puts it back. Like, whoops. Uh, but then another guy, as he's going back with the doctor, not a doctor, uh, the guy, uh, there's another guy that sits down in the waiting room and pulls out a cigarette and has the exact same reaction of like, oh, put that back. Dating the movie, uh, because everyone just, just like, no, I can smoke in here. It's fine. This is a, this is a public building and office and I can just light up. Yeah. Cause it's 1985 and you could, you could smoke on airplanes. Can you imagine no. smoking on an airplane with a baby can you imagine being on an airplane and someone smoking a fucking cigarette i'm sorry i get i get throbbing headaches when i am around a lot of cigarettes i'm like i get it like i'm not shaming anyone but like 
on an airplane. That is like the most closed in recycled airspace. I am because like there. Don't take years off your life for no reason. For cigarettes. Mom. Also, don't do it near me because it literally gives me throbbing headaches. It makes me so nauseous. It really does. Especially mm-hmm. as an ex-smoker. Like, I walk I in a casino where not even the whole thing is smoking and I'm just like immediate headache. Yeah. That's why I like the Vegas casinos because they're so big you can't smell it. And uh, and half the people are smoking weed. So. me. <laughs> well, there was, um, there's a guy in the lobby who is sobbing. And... Dick's just looking at him like, what the fuck's up with this guy? They bring his wife out to him, and his wife smacks him across the face, and then they hug, and they're like, okay, James Woods, let's go. And they bring him back, and lock the door, and he- He was trying to leave this whole time. He, like, immediately regretted being there. He's like, okay, uh, actually, I'm just gonna go, and he's like, nonsense, and pulls him into the room, locks the door. Yeah. Uh, takes his pack of cigarettes and... Flips the fuck out on this pack of cigarettes. He's punching it. He's screaming. This is like a... Like, they describe exactly this in the story. And in the story, I was like, what would that look like? This. And it's weird. It was... I mean, he's just like... This program's not your typical program. So, he's telling him, he's like, uh, you want to quit cigarettes? I know this. Uh, we have, uh, you know, a su- crazy success rate. Um, and James Woods is like, I don't want your phony baloney religion. I don't want your medicine. He's like, it's not medicine. It's not religion. Um, it's, I can't remember what he said, but it's like an accountability system to an nth degree. So, and in the story, so he goes to show him an idea of what their program is like, and you see you're in a two-way mirror looking into a room with a cat, and in the story it's a bunny, but it makes sense that it's a cat, because this cat is the thread through our entire movie. So I think it's it's a cool way that he was like, oh, let me just make it a cat, and then, you know. So... He starts shocking the shit out of this cat. And while playing music? The floor is electrified. Yeah, and he's just like, it doesn't hurt him, he just... It does. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. And it, like, they describe it like he does it when he's near the food um, to, like, condition him to be like, oh, this is bad, so I'll stop doing this, because if I don't do this, then I don't get shocked. Which is literally, I mean, it's Pav- Pavlovian, Pavlovian training. You know what it reminded me of, and I wrote this down? Um, it reminded me a lot of A Clockwork Orange. The Ludovico treatment mm-hmm. that yep. they give Alex, like yep. they play his favorite classic symphonic music with these like horrible scenes that make him like this is when they pry his eyes open mm-hmm. with these horrible scenes that make him physically ill, and so like at the end they like bring out a woman, a naked woman on stage, and he like goes to like touch her, and he just starts vomiting. Or, like, he hears his music and he just gets sick. Yeah. It's different types of treatment, but it reminds me of a similar concept. And uh, they did a really great homage to that in the second season of American Horror Story when he tries to do the aversion training to Sarah Paulson as a lesbian. Yes. Yeah, yes. very similar. Yep. Very similar. I, I remember. That is my favorite season of that show. Season two. Asylum? Yeah. Oh, my That's God. My that one was fucked. I remember, like, watching that show for the first time. The first two seasons legitimately frightened me. Like, one of those, like, I turn it off and I'm still scared. Like, I don't really want to turn off the lights. Yeah. The first one especially was scarier. Oh, yeah. Because it's ghost stuff. And then the second one is more psychologically fucked up. Like, imagine being trapped in a crazy house where no one believes that you're not crazy. And then my next favorite's Hotel. Um, Lady Gaga. Come on. And Dennis O'Hare's story arc in that season. Anyway. Uh, so speak in whispers. They scream. Sorry. So, um, he's telling him, he's like, so James Wood's like, okay, so I get constant supervision, and if I smoke, you come in here and you shock me like the cat? Like, what the fuck? He's like, no, 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 no. We grab your wife, and we shock her, and you get to watch. And, Second, uh, if it happens again. He says his 
daughter, right? Daughter gets shot. So here is where it diverges from the story a little, because he gets, so first of all, he only gets three chances, I think, in the movie. He gets ten in the story. The other difference in the story is he has a son, and his son is um, disabled. So he lives at a school um, for, like, that, like, takes care of him. I'm pretty um, sh- Okay. And she lives at a, at, like, his daughter later is Drew Barrymore. Um, and she, like, it goes to a gifted school, but I think it's just, like, a mystical Stephen King kind of gifted Whereas in the story, it's actually specified he has to stay at this school for around-the-care, around-the-clock care, because he's disabled. And um, so when they threaten, so they threaten the son, and it's 10,000 times worse in the story, because he even describes it, he's like, your son will be tortured, and even if we tell him why, he's not going to understand. He is just going to know he's hurt because you did something wrong. Like, it is so fucking hard to read all this oh shit. So, but he gets ten tries in the story. It's like, it goes, the wife gets shocked, then he gets shocked. Third offense is, uh, his wife gets the shit beat out of her, and then they move to the son, and then they beat the son, and then they beat him, and the beatings just get worse, and then on the tenth, like, one, then they kill him. But in this one, it seems it has, like he only gets three shots. Yeah, because the third one is his wife getting raped. Yeah, they do mention that, too. That they're Which, luckily, we never have to see that. Nope. Uh, because he learns his lesson very quickly. Uh, which you would. I mean, like, it makes sense that they say 98% success rate. It's like, yeah. It's a little different when it's you, you know? When you're trying to take care of your wife and your daughter, you're going to fight probably a little harder. 100%. They said on the fourth time he would, he, they would kill him, but... Oh, yeah, four. Okay, yeah. he gets So he gets ten in the story, four in the um, the movie. Uh, <laughs> so he's, like, Super irritable. Oh, my God, Having yeah. a bad fucking time. Telling his wife, like, I quit cigarettes. She's like, what, like, five minutes ago? And she's, you know, and I, I hate this trope, and I hate it, um, because it's so fucking real, I think. This, like, oh, you're gonna... You'll lapse. Oh, you'll be back on cigarettes by tomorrow. Oh, just take one. It's fine. No, support your friends. I mean... Support your people trying. Yes, I'm 100% with you. I'm like, I don't know what it was like in the 80s. A condescending tone of like, (laughs) yeah, okay, uh, give it an hour. Like, there's a scene a little bit later in the same story where he's at, him and his wife are at this party and... (laughs) Oh, it's It's, hilarious. It's fucking hilarious, but every goddamn person is smoking. I was laughing. Oh I'm my god! Laughing and laughing and laughing, and then the kids had cigarettes, and then they were a cigarette, and then and then there were cigarettes coming out of the waiter's ears. <laughs> it was the kids smoking for me. I That's know. What really, oh my god! Two tiny children with cigarettes, just laughing, and, and <laughs> it was hilarious. But before it was that, very funny. Um, he wakes up in the middle of the night. And I can't remember how long it had been, like, two weeks at that point? No, I think that's the first night. At least in the story it is. Oh, okay. Uh, um, I couldn't remember. Maybe the two he, weeks was when... Because you just can't sleep that night. Like, it's your first night. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just can't sleep. And so he goes to, like, his office or whatever. He keeps scaring himself. It's so funny. James Wood's physical comedy is amazing. It is. Hello? Is somebody in there? I didn't smoke it. See, uh, if you're in there, would you tell Donati that I didn't smoke it? He may be a piece of shit in real life, much how I feel about Mark Wahlberg. They're great actors. <laughs> but he, like, is about to light a cigarette and he hears something in the closet. And he is way more chill than I would have been. He's, like, talking to the guy. He's like, I didn't smoke it. I didn't smoke it. He sees fucking rain boots that are wet. Which I thought was so corny. The next day, the boots are gone and there's, like, footprints. In the story, it's so much more ambiguous as, like, where they are, if it's maybe supernatural, like, how they're watching, if there's cameras. Oh, this yeah. is out now. No, there was a guy just standing in your closet, and he just stood perfectly still while you were like, I swear I didn't smoke it. And you just have to, like, stand there and just be like, this guy's an idiot. Yeah. So, um. But he goes to visit his daughter. He got her this doll. And, uh. 
then he realizes the dudes are watching him while he's there with his daughter. Like, they're constantly watching him. Time to take a shot, because guess what? The next scene is camp. camp. <laughs> because, because we cut to that scene that we were just talking about, about them in the party, and what song is playing? Um, shit. Every breath you, you take. take, I'm watching you. The soundtrack in this movie was hilarious. I was dying. That's one of the scariest songs of all time. It's terrifying. Like, it's such a, like, I love that song, but you're like, Holy. Is someone watching me? Could you not? <laughs> okay, Santa. Like, well, this, uh, yeah. Right. Uh, oh my god, this one guy, the, sorry, one of the other really funny parts of that fucking party, this guy takes a hit and then just blows out and just keeps It's like he did vape a big god. vape <laughs> Katie and I were dying at vape god, because it just... And the fucking paintings were watching him, it was... <laughs> yeah, I think one of the paintings the was party the guy. The party scene is so camp. Yeah, it's <laughs> so fucking funny. Yep. I yeah, literally... he was like losing his goddamn mind oh my god and then the like main guy that like is like the guy he keeps seeing in the, like the paintings is like dressed up and like walking down the stairs and singing along and i wrote this is peak drag is that like him in the cigarette dresses a cigarette yes. a pack of cigarettes yeah and now like, mama this is drag that is peak drag <laughs> so like good. him like he was literally singing along the, it was uh pepto bimbo should be a pink pack of cigarettes We need cardboard and paint and I need and I need somewhere in the middle for there to be a little edit where you have to say one of um, the Tiger King's lines, like the um, "I called for help twice and not a fuck you, what do you need or nothing." That's amazing. You gotta write that down. Write that down. Write that down. (laughs) Hey, easy, write that down. Write that down. (laughs) That's us at every movie theater. We go to to take notes. Just like, hey, write that down. <laughs> the bear's doing cocaine. Write that down. Write that down. <laughs> um, I, um, the stupidest shit too. So our next scene is pivotal because mm-hmm. we're stuck in traffic, and we all know, we all know how shitty the traffic is. How shitty it can be to sit in traffic. It's stressful. Like if you were a beaver, you know you'd want a toothpick. Imagine if they mm-hmm. tried to take toothpicks away from the bee. Mm. I mean, he literally was about to let a toothy dick snake out. No, he did. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. It, it, he did. He did. Because but he wanted a toothpick. On the shit-covered floor! So James Woods. <laughs> <laughs> there, he stopped at, like, a one of those bridges that... Like the drawbridge um, or The drawbridge, yeah. yeah. And he, like, leans over, like, beneath the, like, window line, and he's, like, smoking his cigarette. And, like, it's so funny, because he'll, like, blow, and he's, like, waving. <laughs> like, no one's gonna see. Like, you're in a car! The windows are open! <laughs> and so this, like, people, like, the bridge goes down, and the people are honking at him to go, and he, like, sits up, and the guy in the car next to him is, like, like, mean-mugging the shit out of him. And he's like, fuck. He's like, oh, he's one of those guys, so he immediately races home. She gone. Wife, gone. Yup, as if he didn't know she was going to be gone. And he tries to, like, he's like, no, don't do it. It was just a slip-up. Well, he told you what a slip-up costs. Yep. Man. But, uh, yeah, they kidnap his wife. There was a scuffle. By the way, this is incredibly close to the story. So fucking close to the story. (laughs) They get in a scuffle. Uh, The cat gets in a scuffle and get, or no, sorry. James Woods and the guys get yes. in a scuffle the, in like, the room. The, like, guy and his goon. And the cat gets away. And uh, he is on a, a boat. He's an explorer cat. Yeah, he gets on a barge. Um, Little barge kitty. But, yeah, so his wife gets the shit slapped out of him. Or not slapped, shocked, shocked out of him. And then when she gets out of the room, she is... He's, like, explaining it to her. Like, we can't hear what they're saying, but they're... And, like, the guy's... The two guys are taking bets. On whether she'll hug him or slap him. Yeah. And it's it's so interesting in the story because he does slip up the one time. And he explains to her and she's like, if this is what it takes, this is what we'll do. I want you to quit smoking. This is what it'll have to be. And he does get, so I think he gets shocked. 
Right. But I think that those are the only two we get in the story. I think he only slips up the one or two times, and then, but his wife's totally fine with it. And it's such an interesting, like, they even talk about it, they're like, well, the wives are either on board or they fucking hate him forever. And, like, maybe not cigarettes, but, like, let's say I had a significant other or a best friend or something that was really trying to get off heroin or, like, a really bad substance, and I really desperately, like, I knew that was their only choice like, or I was gonna find them dead one day, like, I, like, I might help somebody out, but also, you better fucking look out for me. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, <laughs> but, uh, you better trust the person that you're fucking putting your life in their hands, because, <laughs> yeah, if they don't care enough, they're gonna keep doing the thing. Yeah. Um, but he so, goes in for, like, a check-in. She does hug him, by the way. Yeah, she, she hugs him. Yep. But he goes in for a check-in, and they say that he's gained too much weight. Which is a huge, a very common thing when people quit smoking, because They start eating a lot of sugar normally. Yeah, and smoking curbs appetite, mm-hmm. so when they don't have that thing to smoke, and it's it's usually an oral fixation once the, um, the physical part of it has passed. It's usually the psychological oral fixation mm-hmm. once something in your mouth, so you're chewing gum, you're eating, you're doing toothpicks, you're doing whatever. And, uh, yeah, so they, like, give him a... A weight cap. In the story, it's 182. In the movie, it was like 167. That's low for six foot whatever James Woods. 100%. And he's only gained like, Don't what, be unhealthy, people. Eight pounds or something? Yeah. But. Doesn't seem that bad to me. He still looks great. Uh, yeah, they're like, we're going to give you some illegal diet pills, so just like be chill with them. And he's like, oh, so like. And it's so funny because they're so chatty, fun, like they're talking about nothing. So remember now. Some of these diet pills are highly illegal, so I want you to use them sparingly. Right. Now, I'm setting your maximum weight at 165 pounds. Oh, well, then, like, if I go over, you'll send a guy to my house with a flamethrower or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, I'll send a guy to your house and cut off your wife's little finger. <laughs> you kill me. Okay. Have a good day, Dick. Take it easy, yeah? Right. I'm like, why are they so fucking chummy with each other? Because it's working. Because it's working and his wife's on board. It's just so crazy. Because he's like, he's like, oh, so if I go over my weight, are you going to bring me down here again? Are you going to shock the wife? <laughs> and he's like, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to take your wife's pinky finger. And he's like, oh, just the pinky and laughing about it on the way out. And they have their friends over for dinner. The friend who suggested that James Wood's character go to Quitters, Inc. And his, he and his wife are there and they do like a toast. And the wife holds her toast up. And she's missing her pinky. She's got no pinky finger. Well, that man should have been better at his fucking diet. Uh, yeah. I'm Says sorry. the girl who can't stop eating. Whatever. I love you. Me? Oh, I can't stop eating either. Casey got in my car a little bit ago, and I was like, you can step on that bag of Cheetos. It's empty. I ate them on the way here. And she's like, yeah, hell yeah. And I was like, I also had some beef jerky. I literally had crumble cookie delivered to my work 10 minutes before I left so I could bring it home. I go puff. Worth it. I go puff three Cokes and I wish you could go a puff Gatorade it. to my house last night because I really wanted some fucking soda. <laughs> so. Anyways. We so can yeah. do a hot dog. <laughs> we fade into a hot dog. It does. It fades into a hot dog. I don't even know what to say. After the pinky, it fades. That's funny. It literally cross-fades, like cross-dissolves into a hot dog. I think it's really funny. I loved that. Camp. Take a shot. Uh, We get more Drew. Uh, Cat sees her on the TV. This is what I have something to say about. She's like, help me. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. You're my only hope. Bitch, Star Wars. Obi-Wan, you're my only hope. Star Wars. Star Wars. Wars. George Lucas, if you're listening to this. What year did uh, Star Wars come out? Like the 70s. Was it? Yes. Because they're best friends. Little kitty cat, you're my only hope. Star Wars. Sorry, continue. I just, I note it when I see it. I feel like they had a discussion and Steven was like 
You know, I think George. that they're big fans of each other. He he had a discussion. He was like, "So hey, George, you know, spaceballs. That's cool, but like, I'm gonna do my own thing subtly." It be kind of funny if Drew was like, "Cat, you're my own rope," and they were both really high on coke. And he said it like right as Jordan went down for a line, and he came up and said, "Oh, that's dude, that'd fucking be so brilliant. Fucking funny. That's fucking you brilliant. You gotta put that in. You gotta put that. Put in. that in. And then write that down. Yeah, write that down. <laughs> um, and then because um, he couldn't prove that he had said that to Stephen King or not, he couldn't sue him. I think like, that's sorry, George. Just, this is you, actually you did all my cocaine. The least you can do is let me. Yeah." I don't know. I just, this is our George <laughs> Lucas voice. I don't know. I'm George Lucas, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna sue you. And I'm from Maine. I yeah. <laughs> is George Lucas from Maine? Stephen King. Yes. Oh, I was like. No, I was doing the Stephen King. I yeah. <sighs> Anyways, so that was my little. That made no sense. The fucking Drew Barrymore as it was such a random little like. There are certain lines you kind of can't say. Like just once something happens. You can't say that line without bringing up something else. Like, I can't say I'm the king of the world without you thinking of Titanic. Like, there are just, like, if you say certain lines, it immediately becomes a parody of that line. Yeah, and it wasn't exactly, like, you're my only hope, but the way that it was filmed and the the words she was saying was very similar. And I was like, come the fuck on. Help me, Obi-Wan. You're my only hope. Help me, little cat. And now we're in Vegas, baby. Oh, yeah. That's where I'm going to be this time tomorrow, mm-hmm. baby. I'm going to be. I'll be on my way. Here. That's fine. So these shitty people are betting on whether or not a cat's going to make it across the street and not get hit by a car. <coughs> what the fuck? <coughs> and our main character is Kressner. Um... And then, uh, so that's kind of just our establishing, like, oh, this character's a piece of shit. And then we cut to, um, this guy and a Is woman. it Joey or Johnny? <coughs> um, Johnny. Okay. I wrote down Joey the first time. Oops. <laughs> so, um, Johnny is seeing his new girlfriend, uh, Sally on, um, He's, like, taking her to the bus Sally's station. The next. Um, yeah, sorry, Sally's the next character. So he's taking her to a um, bus station. He's like, no, you have to go on without me. I will figure it out. I'll meet you there. Uh, eventually, so all this leads up to he gets to this guy Cressner's house. Uh, Cressner is this, uh, is the husband of this woman. Um, these two are... This is a lot, this setup is a lot like another one of his setups for an anthology story. Um, The Tide in Creepshow, um, the Ted Danson one Mm -hmm. where he's fucking a guy's wife and he makes him do a really fucked up thing to like, so he can, he's like, oh, if you do this, you can have my wife. Um, So that's essentially what this setup is. This very, very rich, powerful guy is like, I understand you love my wife, but I don't like losing things. I will make you a bet. If you win this bet, you get the money and your freedom and my wife. And if you don't win the bet, I have planted a bunch of heroin in your car and you're already an ex-convict, so you're going to go to San Quentin for the next 40 years. So take your pick. So also, you're, yeah. Sorry. No, just a small, um, I feel like this was a Stephen King-ism. His uh, henchman is named Ducky. And he says, boingo! Uh, and then he like, usually hits you, and that's his way of saying, shut up. Yep. It's so fucking stupid. It's definitely a stupid <laughs> But anyways. Um. <coughs> so, um. <laughs> he offers him a wager. <coughs> and the wager is, he gets all those things if he can successfully walk along the ledge of the building that they're in. And, and they they're are, probably up how many stories? I think it said 41 was in the Jesus story. 43 Christ. maybe. Um, tallest building like in that area of the city. So it it's not going to have any blockage from any wind because it's taller than the other buildings. You're higher up. Um, and there's like a five inch ledge that runs around the entire building outside. And he said if you can do that, if you can walk along the edge, you win. If you don't, then you die. Or 
You know what I mean? Like, you just, you die. Or if you don't take the bet, you go to prison. So, those are your options. Die, prison, or possibility of getting everything you think you want. Um, so of course he takes the bet, because that's his only fucking option. Right, because the other dude was like, he's like, I mean, I could shoot you too. Like, yeah. I'm, we didn't know that was an option at the time. Uh, yeah. So, uh, as soon as he gets out onto this ledge, this guy's fucking with him, yelling at him, throwing shit at him. Blowing a horn, honking a horn oh, at him. God. The horn. The horn's fucking funny. It is funny. But anyways. Um, it's, but this story, it's such an interesting story to read because you have all this time and I've said it before and I'll say it again, Stephen King's good with um, dialogue, but he is incredible with his descriptions. And the description of him, the like lengthy prose of this guy walking along this edge for like what is m- most of the story is just this guy on the ledge and him, his own inner thoughts trying to get around it and his little obstacles that he comes across. There's a pigeon pecking at which him. Which is so boring to watch for like even just a short amount of a movie like i thought they did it pretty well Mm -hmm. but like oh my god it like i was just like oh wow they need to add some more stuff into this because and they did they added some extra things like the sign that wasn't in there and it just because you know when you're reading the story that's all it is it's just this guy's inner monologue of trying to figure out how to get around this ledge and it's so tense the whole time um because you don't, you know, you don't know if he's going to fall, and he keeps, like, slipping, and then, yeah, there is a pigeon pecking pigeon. Oh, my God, that is such a good part of that story, because it's just so, like, it goes on forever. He just keeps pecking and keeps pecking and keeps pecking at this fucking guy's leg. And you can see it bleeding under his sock. Shut up! And then he gets to this little, like, um, like, little garden. Nook, I don't know. There's, little, like, a little yeah. nook with, like, some plants on it. And then Homeboy pops over the top and hits him with a fire hose. Yeah. And he's like, that's only half speed, bucko. And he almost blew him off the ledge. Yeah. So uh, now he's soaking wet, probably slippery. And he keeps going. Then the sign happens. Yeah, the sign is actually, I think, the best scene in this, uh, part. Um because it's actually visually dynamic because part of the reason is this movie came out in 1985 so all the special effects of looking down things falling down it looks so chroma keyed and fucking fake as shit if this movie was made today we could make it visually entertaining of just him standing there or one foot kind of slipping off and a couple rocks falling down you can make that look interesting and tense and scary when it looks this fake you're bored you're just bored. Mm-hmm. I was bored. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he does. He is going around. He's doing a great job. Uh, the Like I said, the sign scene is really cool because he's trying to go around the sign. It can't hold his weight, so it starts breaking down and, like, falling. And, oh, it's so cool. And he's like, this is at the very end. So the guy, Crestner, is, like, watching him. Like, mm-hmm. oh, he's going to fall. But he doesn't. So he sees him, like, get up to the ledge, and he, like, runs inside, and he's like, Okay, here's the plan. When I say this, you do this. And he's like, okay. And so he gets inside. He's like, you know, I said I've never, like, what was the word they used? Basically, Welsh. I've never welched. Welsh. Never yeah, welched on, welsh on, on a deal. He's like, but I am a sore fucking loser. And he's like, he had the bag of money. That he says, he, you get the money, you get your freedom, and you get my wife. Here you go. And then he fucking kicked the bag at him and his wife's head rolled out i said what's in the bag what's in the bag (laughs) and in the story it's a little like she there's no head but he's like oh yeah uh you can have my wife you can pick her up at the county morgue that's where she'll be oh my gosh Um, because you know his whole thing is oh you get her just not alive i'm not gonna lose her nobody else can have her Mm -hmm. um and that's when his uh his hitman pulls out a gun with a silencer on it. And he's like, he he essentially gets... This poor woman. Yeah. He gets the gun from the guy, and he, he shoots him while he's running away, which was hilarious. It was pretty cool. And then, uh, 
homeboy, he's like, let's make a deal. You walk he, the and the guy. Oh my god, the guy is like 10000 Because he was going to give him twenty. He's like, 20 is pennies. I'll give you 100000 I'll give you 500000 I'll give you a million. I will give you whatever the fuck you want. Just don't shoot me. He's like, I'm not going to shoot you. I'll make a deal. I'm, he even says, he's like, I'll make a bet. Because the guy even says, he's like, oh, you, like earlier in the thing, he's like, oh, you want to make a bet? And the Crestner guy's like, I don't make bet. I make wagers. Mm-hmm. So then later on, it's like a really cool turn of phrase. He's like, I'm going to make a bet. Not a wager because I'm not a fancy guy like you. A bet. And I bet you can't walk along this ledge. And if you can, I'll let you go. And I love love the tables being turned on that. I love it. Yeah. One of my other favorite short stories of Stephen King's is this guy getting tortured and it like flips around in the end and it is such a fucking satisfying like when the bad guy who's doing a tortury thing gets that thing done to him it's like like in Spy Kids when that guy gets glooped in the little and he gets all the hands all over his I was going to say hostile, too, but... <laughs> Anyways, uh, I love Spy Kids. I was talking... Who... <laughs> someone... We were talking about someone at work the other day, how they looked like a thumb, and I was like, they do look like the thumb from the Spy thumb Kids. thumbs! Oh my god, a I don't remember thumb who it is, thumb. and I'm really glad, because I do kind of feel bad about saying that about a person. But you know what? I, if you look like a thumb, you look like a thumb. I'm not saying you're ugly, but like if you look like a thumb, that just might be a fact. Like a <laughs> kind of looks like a thumb. Yeah. But he makes fire music. Ooh. <laughs> Anyways, so literally this guy gets out on the ledge, like two steps. He's like, please don't make me. Are you really going to make me do this? And he's like, fucking go or I'm going to shoot you. Yep. And, and he, he shot, fires a shot. Yeah, a warning shot. It looks so good. And so... And in the uh, story, it's left very ambiguous. Uh, the guy, Johnny, uh, is sitting on the um, man's balcony, and he is just listening. He's like, I'll either hear a scream or hear it about... Because it takes the guy, like, two hours to get around the building, too, which is, like, a good part of the story. that He keeps looking at this big clock tower, and, like, it takes him so long to get around. Um, and so he's, like, sitting there, and he's like, he'll either... I'll either hear a scream here in a bit and a slap. Or he'll come around here in about two hours and I'll shoot him. <laughs> and he even, like, in the story, he's like, I, he may not Welsh on a deal, but I will. I and love that. It's not left ambiguous here, though. Oh, my God. Because earlier, the guy had dropped a horn down to, like, show, like, how, oh, God, it was the fakest thing I've ever seen in my life. The fakest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, he, like, drops it down to show how far down it is. And then, how does it end, Jess? <laughs> he, uh, he falls off the building. Obviously, he had no chance. And he None. just... He looks like fucking, uh, Wilford Brimley. He like does. Late Wilford Brimley. But the fucking shadow effects... <laughs> it's so bad. They're so bad. Again, I wrote LOL camp. Um... He fucking, the shadow is so bad, and then he falls on top of the horn and it whacks. I was like, this is peak camp. I was like, oh my fuck, we've been wasted right now. This is such peak camp, I can't believe fucking Jason Voorhees is in here. Uh, So camp, I want to pitch a tent. So, uh, we finally get to, and this is where the, uh, thread of the movie kind of falls off, because we don't actually see the cat get from one place to the, to another, we just cut. He's in a suburban neighborhood all of a sudden. He's on a train. Yeah. And then just, that's just the next one. We don't, like, because the other one we, like, saw him, like, run from one place to another. He got out of here, ran to here, he got out of here, ran to here. Now he's just here. Yeah. Now he's just on a train. Yep. Uh, but he's trying to make it to... The person he's supposed to protect because he's a special cat and he has been sent from the cat gods um this is my canon to protect drew barrymore he was sent by the goddess carrie fisher herself to protect drew barrymore yes 
I think Carrie Fisher would have been totally behind protecting Drew Barrymore at all costs. Yeah. Oh, I you can't. You know a lot about her early life and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And fucking Carrie Fisher. Rest in power. Rest in power. Her daughter's powers. What? I'm sorry. I really, I can't cry again. I love Carrie Fisher. She's amazing. Billy Lord, her daughter. Yes. Okay, sorry. So, this is the story that is not based on a short story by Stephen King, and I think it's the weakest of the three. Um, I mean, obviously, he wrote it. He wrote this screenplay, but um, I was just bored. I was just bored for this part of the movie. I just... So, Drew Barrymore is this little girl who is convinced there's, like, a little monster living in the walls, and it's gonna kill her. You know, she thinks she's gonna get her in the middle of the night. Uh... And she's outside one day, uh, washing the car with her dad, and this cat runs straight into the house. And if that happens to you, that's your cat now. That's your cat now. Good, congratulations, you have a cat. If a cat ever runs into my house, like, if it doesn't already belong to somebody, like, if they don't come and look for their cat, that's just my cat. That's just, that cat picked me. And the dogs are just gonna have to deal with it. Yeah, that's just that, look, I have a cat now. <laughs> so that's what happens, but the mom is like, uh, that cat doesn't fucking sleep in this house. Because, and there was a big thing about this. The Nana? In the 80s. Yeah, oh, yeah. The, the, I heard, I've heard this before. I think that's why my family in Tennessee, because my papa was super, incredibly superstitious. And he, his whole family hates cats. And I think it's, because, I mean, my family's Native American. Right. So I don't know how deep or like what um, culture they were saying the folklore was from. But like, I think it was like a Native American folklore from whatever tribe that my papa's family and like you know dates back to that cats will steal your breath in the night yeah um and i think and it was a big thing in the 80s and i think part of it was because of the fear of a cat suffocating a baby at a crib laying on their face and suffocating them yeah i don't know if there's a recorded case of that ever happening I truly, it's probably I've one of those urban it. legends. I've never looked into it. I mean, I know SIDS is a real thing, obviously. Babies have suffocated in their cribs before because of things. I don't know if there's ever been a recorded case. Again, I've never looked it up. I'm not saying one way or another. But I want to say that that's... I don't want to say that's where that lore came from because obviously it's not. But I think that's why that lore made its way back into popularity into mm-hmm. Western culture um, because of that, like... Um, popular myth that you know oh if you let your baby if you let your cat and i'm sure it is a thing that could happen but you know that you know your baby's gonna suffocate and yeah it turned into this turned back into this uh myth of oh yeah supernatural your steal their breath um and they keep saying it over and over again uh he doesn't steal my breath blah 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 and um he we get to see the kitty doing a little hunting and I think it's such a cute little kitty. She she made a Drew Barrymore made a comment about how because she big has cat balls by the way I don't know if you noticed I didn't big giant cat balls. Uh, anyways, Drew Barrymore has a um <laughs> a bird a parrot parakeet I think maybe named Polly uh, in her room and her mom's like well what's what's Polly like why don't you think about Polly like she's like. You know, why did she name the General? She yeah. named the cat General. She's like, General would never hurt Polly. And then it cuts to a scene, camp, where... Also, your bird is in a cage, and it doesn't seem like you get him out that often. Just keep them apart. Right. But it shows, like, the mom watching the cat outside, and General, like, attacks and kills a bird. And she's like, nonviolent my ass. I mean, the, it's a cat's nature. It's clearly a stray. Like, she said she didn't trust the cat. Like, cats... What the fuck? It's a fucking... Animals kill other animals. That's just fucking nature. And Leroy like got a possum. Yeah, and cats are cute. I feel bad. There's a possum. They're so good for the environment. I love a possum. He got a very strong talking to. He didn't need it. He didn't know better. And that's the thing. Like, a dog like Leroy... He thought it was has, a squeaky toy. He has no clue he is ending that animal's life. He thinks they're playing. Yeah, because he no, he's had squeaky toys this whole time I've had him, he, so he's just like, I, it's like, a squeaky I toy. I feel like it's not a vicious nature of his to do that. Like, he just has that instinct to, like, oh, I want to grab this thing. And grabs it a little too hard. It was a baby possum, yeah. so it didn't have a lot of solid structure. It, it happens again. And then Steel carried one in his mouth, and he was just like, 
do, 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 do. Friend, friend, friend. And I saw, I went outside because it was nighttime, obviously. And I saw the tail sticking out of his mouth. And he just looked at me like he was just so proud. And I like went and I yanked his collar a little bit so he would. Yeah. And then I was like, run the opposite. Get the fuck out of here. I'm like, you are in danger. Anyways. Um, so, uh. <laughs> we get to see the fucking creature. Well, before we see that, we do get another little Easter egg. Ooh. it? See what book the mom's reading? <gasps> no. Pet Cemetery. Oh my god, I can't believe I didn't catch that. I love it. <sighs> yes, she's reading Pet Cemetery. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's why she doesn't trust cats. Ooh, yeah, she's in the middle of that book. She's like, that can't even come in my house. <laughs> lots of lots of reasons, I guess. <laughs> Church did nothing wrong. It's not his fault that you fucking have an outdoor cat that you let outside all the time next to that fucking highway where fucking semis are speeding 90 miles down the road. Also, you let your kid die. Wrong kid died. Um, so, yes, then, (laughs) then we get the creature. Evil little Jingle Bell elf monster. Thank you, I was gonna ask what it was called. He's the evil little Jingle Bell elf monster. How about Turdy Ingle Jingle Bell elf? He looks like a turd. Casey? He looks like he's made of a poo. I'm going to be real honest with you. Star Wars. He looks like, he looks like a, a creature from Star Wars. He sounds like a creature from Star Wars. He does look like one of those little... Mm, what are they Ewoks? No, Jawas. Well, he sounds like a Jawa. He looks, he doesn't look like an Ewok. No, I feel, I'm literally picturing like a little hooded guy. That's a Jawa. Okay, yeah, then that's what I thought. That's, that's exactly what it sounds like. like. Yeah. Well, I was like, like too. fucking Jawas. Uh, yeah, man, I feel like I, maybe Stephen King watched Star Wars before he wrote as a big Star Wars nerd, I'm having a lot of fun with my own Star Wars Easter like, eggs, whether wonder, they were intentional or not. I wonder if he's just, like, clickety-clacking and it's all in the background. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> Jawa noises. It's <laughs> <laughs> Jawa noises. Literally, it's got, like, an asterisk that says Jawa noises. And Write that down. They're doing the table <laughs> read, and they're like, um, uh, Stephen, what exactly j- Jawa noises? You fucking read it. Jesus Christ, do it. Did, is it that hard to understand? Is it George Ben? We had a discussion. <laughs> What's he gonna look like? What the fuck do you think he's gonna look like? Uh, they just they just have a stare off like. But what do you? It's that fucking Star Wars meme. It's the like. But what's he gonna look like? But what's he gonna look like? Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I didn't notice any of this because like yes, I've seen the original trilogy not in a very very long time. I have nothing against it. I just never got super into it. I just had a million other things I was interested in. Um, and so I didn't catch any of this. I'm loving every second of realizing that, yeah, this is... Between the two movies that we watched, like, yeah. this week and last week, I'm yeah. like... Star and more- fucking Wars! And I brought it up so before. Yeah. I wonder if you noticed, because you watched Cat's Eye first. Yes. Um... And so I wonder if you were more primed to see the Star Wars stuff in Sleepwalkers. I mean, for me, it was because, mostly the Mark Hamill thing. Yeah, well, that's yeah. that's fair, too. Because I've just been like, woo, Mark Hamill. Yeah. But then I watched Cat's Eye first, and I saw all this shit, and then I was and like, then, all of a then in another, I was like, fucking Mark Hamill. Yeah. I was I was very uh, highly alert for Star Wars Easter eggs. <laughs> Jawa noises. Bad. He's got this little fucking jester hat on. Or like, like elf. I don't even know. First, yeah, it does look like a jester hat. And it's like my mom like finds a little bell or something. When Ke- when we were first watching it, Katie was like, I thought that was like his head, but I think it's his hat. Like, you know how sometimes like creature designs will have something that looks like clothes, but it's like a part of their skin or something. Like she thought it like like had <sighs> What is that SpongeBob creature where they what... like ripped the hat off but it was actually like Top of his head. Yes. And, like, and she, like, the clothes that were on, she's like, I thought that's just what he looked like, but I think he's wearing clothes. And, again, that's what makes it look. Anyway. 
Um, so if you haven't seen this movie and you're trying to picture what this thing <laughs> like shrink it down to about that big. They make it seem tall. so big and dangerous. It's tiny. It's like six inches. It'll be like in front of her. Like its hand can barely clamp around her nose. Its whole hand can barely, like that's how small it is. But this thing is like, like that movie, uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark or Don't Be Afraid of the Dark or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In 2010. It was really scary movie up until this part where you saw what the creep, and they were just like little tiny it's not scary to me. It reminded me of Sol- Small Soldiers, if you ever watched that movie as a kid. Way scarier. Way scarier movie. Yeah. Yes, because yeah. that's terrifying. Oh my god. Like, uh, the Indian in the Cupboard kind of thing. Yes, like, exactly. I love it. Oh my god. Exactly. Um, so many references. So many references. Uh, so it killed the bird. It did. It killed Polly. And they blame it on a kid. It's not the kid's fault. It's not the kitty's fault. Um, the cat and the creature fought. The creature threw the well, tiny. Before that, oh, he gets thrown out in the rain, and he gets all wet. The cat? Mm-hmm. That's a wet ass pussy. Ah! I wrote wop. Ah! She had to put that in there. Katie and I were laughing about it. <laughs> so yes, the cat gets like taken to. The Humane Society, because the mom takes it to, like, the pound or whatever. Or does it get into a fight uh, first? They get in the fight first. Because that's when they think that it killed Polly. Yeah. You're right. So the cat and the creature fought. The creature threw its tiny little sword. The only thing that I do like about the creature is they use a little bit of stop motion. I, I thought love, that was pretty cool. I love the use when of stop motion. When it's, like, coming out of the its little um, spot, it broke out right. from the wall. Did you watch Mad God? that came out last year, mm-hmm. the Phil Tibbet. Um, this guy's been working, this guy, Phil Tibbet, has been working on this movie called Mad God since, like, the 80s. And it is, he did 100% of it itself, himself, and it's all stop motion. Ooh. And it is one of the strangest things I've ever seen in my life. You should watch it. It's a Shudder exclusive. It came out last okay, year. Okay, yeah, I have Shudder. Yeah, it's, and it's, is it scary? You to, no, because there's, like, not, like, a, it's, okay. And there's no, like, almost no dialogue. It's really, really weird. You may have to watch it in sections because it's, like, an hour and a half. And it's, since there's no dialogue or anything, it's, it's kind of, like. slow. Yeah. Slow in the sense that there's, like I said, there's really not a plot. But the animation is, um, it's, and it's all gross. Like, it's very, like, made to look, like, there's poop. And there's, like, a lot of, like, hairy skin. Like, it's disgusting but the animation is so fucking cool that it's beautiful okay i I really think you would like it i had to watch it in two sessions because like i got about halfway through it and it was really late and i was like i don't think i can actually stay up for this yeah so i watched the rest of it it was just so good um but anyway so uh they get into that fight the bird's dead they take the cat and he's got a big slit in his which i don't understand how the slit on this cat was so big with that tiny fucking sword but i digress and it looks so much bigger when the thing's, like, holding it, but then the Yeah, part, then she picks it up and it's this fucking it's thing. It's Barbie size. It literally looks like it was made for Barbie. And you know how tiny Barbie hands are. Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> this last scene. So, the, eventually the cat gets out. Uh, the thing, the little creature, is trying to steal Drew Barrymore's breath, which, in the story, we assume is where the lore comes from, is this mm-hmm. little creature. Um, and... The cat gets out, comes to save her, and they're having this little fight. On top of her body. um, And she, like, can't scream because it had taken some of her breath. And it just, it's so fucking funny, and the thing's, like, flipping around. And And trying to, like, float away on these balloons. Oh my god, he grabs it and immediately floats down to the floor. he's like, ah. I was cracking fuck up. It was so funny. So funny. And he, like, jumps back up and... And then he gets on the fucking record player, and the cat presses play, and then speeds it She's up. like, go faster, general! Oh my god. And it was, uh, the police. Yes. It was, yeah, uh... Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, anyway... God, what was the song? The fucking... Was it, uh... Every Breath You Take? Was it again? I think it was, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um... But it's this part's really weird because you can like tell like Drew didn't really wasn't really given any direction or what to do. They're just they were just they just told her like just keep yelling like come on general like 
and so she just does that for like what seems like five fucking minutes. Yeah, of they, this thing like spinning around on the record player. They also uh, the creature put a doorstop underneath the door, so the parents heard these things happening, but they couldn't get in. They can't open the door because the doorstop's in there. That's a hefty doorstop. I'm saying, um, and uh, oh, I have to tell you something about the names of these characters that I noticed at the very end that I was like, wow. Um, but after we are done. Cool. Um, so, anyway, the thing, like, flies off and flies into this fan and, like... It's just destroyed. Just, just it's a poop. It just turned into a poop. It, was a, it turned into a diarrhea on a wall. It was blood. It was bloody diarrhea. But he was Very kind of brown and he was wearing brownish clothing. But you see so the blood like on a, the fan. Yeah. Still looked like a diarrhea. Uh, and then I wrote, good key. Because uh, then the, the parents come in, they realize that the cat saved, they see the little hole in the wall, they see the blood on the fan. And they're, and they're finally like, like, what the fuck, oh, oh my god, don't tell anyone about this. And I love, love the way this ends. She's like, Drew Barrymore's like, I won't tell anyone if I can keep general. And she's like, that's blackmail. She's like... And then it ends, the very last thing we see is the kitty laying on a- her chest. No, she has the kitty. Uh, General gets a big giant fish. He's like eating this oh, giant yeah, yeah, yeah. fish to himself. Yeah, I think then he sits on her chest. But yeah, um, you see him get this big giant fucking fish all to himself because that cat saved your li- your daughter's life. That's a right. cat. You better treat that cat well for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I love that he's like king of the house now. Yeah, and then he sits on her chest at the end and is like real close to her face, and it like alludes to the fact that like. Is he going to steal her breath? Nope, because that's her baby. Yeah. And then she wakes up, she's like, General! And hugs them, and it's, that's the end. It's the cutest It was really thing. cute. Young Drew Barrymore, I'm just saying, oh, what a fucking incredible actress. She's amazing. She really is. Oh, like, I... I'll go back and mm. hug young her and tell her she's going to be okay. Yeah. But also, she's amazing. Did you see her interview with Brown Lee? Where she brought her on her show? But um, that was Cat's Eye. Yes, uh, we've had a very catty few weeks. Yeah, uh, we truly. Love kitties around here, and apparently so is Stephen King. Um, that, I I liked that, I think, better than I... I don't know if I liked it better than Sleepwalkers. And if I did, it's probably only because of Quitters, Inc., because of how, how attached I am to that story. It was a really fun story. Um, because, uh, but I think it was really funny and fun, too, which I thought Sleepwalkers was fun, too. So yeah. I had a good time with both of them, other than some of the lulls in that third story, just when it's... Because there's, like, a couple, like, maybe ten minutes in that last one where it's just, like, the thing coming in a room and getting scared off and coming in a room and getting scared off. And But other than that, like, I had a fun time with this movie. Like, it's... I would have kicked that little fucker out the window... Like, I was scared of Chucky when I was little, but also... Me too. But also, first of all, Chucky has the strength of a full-grown man. Yes. Um, and he has the mind of an actual serial killer. serial killer. He's I'm got not, the voodoo. This thing has no brain thoughts, as far as I can tell. It doesn't speak a language, as far as I can it tell. It does. Jawa. It's, yeah, literally. <laughs> and it's six inches tall. Like, I'm not gonna feel any fear if I can, between my hands. I can't do that to Chucky. I want to squish you like a little rotted fruit. Although Chucky did die uh, via fan one time. <laughs> Child's Play 3. Oh my goodness. And that's why he comes back all chopped up and stuff in Bread and Chicken. I remember being so scared. I literally walked into the living room. When my family was watching Chucky once with all the lights out, and I was like really young, and I was like, Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. I don't like dolls. Never I, like dolls. Oh, I was, never. And I really haven't like. Yes, dolls creep me out in the way that <coughs> I think dolls kind of creep everyone out. I don't have the same fear that Jess does. I'm but, getting over it. I decorated a mannequin. Yeah, uh, but I mean, it's just that's just something your brain does. You yeah, know? it just I have I have uh, irrational fears. I it happens. Ventriloquist dummies. I will never get over. Yeah, they're scary. Oh, they talk but, on their own. You can't tell me someone's... No. Right. They're fucking... 
my dad used to fuck with me a lot when I was really little, um, because I was scared of Chucky. Like, we'd be walking somebody and be like, and he would say shit like, oh, Chucky's behind that dumpster right there. I fucking hated him for that shit. It was so mean. He got such a kick out of it, though, because I'd be like, stop! I hated it. I my sister so used to scared. torture me because she had dolls in the top of her closet, porcelain dolls, which I also hate. And she'd be like, will you go get something for me out of my closet? And I'd be like, sure. And then she's like, I think it's towards the top. I'm like, I don't think I can reach it. And then I'd look up and she had the doll's position. So they were staring down at me. My sister used to break the fuck out of me. And she she did it many, many times. That's what older siblings are for. Yeah. I'll get her one of these days. No, you won't. Mm-hmm. I'll try. That's the thing, you're too sensitive, you won't do it now. I know. Because you're like, no, she's a mom, she's got too much going on. I'll get you, Maybe Tiffany, and your little daughter, too. No, I'm just kidding, Maui's amazing, I would never do that to her. That kid is so fucking cute. She is. Um, but anyways. Anyway, uh, <laughs> thank you all so much uh, for continuing with us through this Stephen King summer. And through the last if, year. Yes, if you are a fan of us and not a fan of Stephen King, I am sorry for this summer i really am hopefully you are having fun with us making fun of it though because at least we're not just gushing over how amazing all these movies are because we are doing shitty movies like a lot of these movies are not good this movie was not great i liked it and i had fun is it a an actual just like plain good movie just subjectively good like no like but i did have a lot of fun watching yes i had so much fun and james woods is always a delight um in movies. And he's a real person. He is a real person. <laughs> he does exist. Um, but anyway, so uh, make sure you like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, please. And please share us. We really need more subscribers. So please tell your friends to subscribe to us on the YouTube, please. Um, we put a lot of work into this. Uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Barely Living Dreadful at Twitter, on Twitter, at Living Dreadful, and you can send comments, questions, concerns, and requests to the email at BarelyLivingDreadful at gmail.com, and until next week, stay stay spooky. spooky. Bye. Bye. Jawa noises. Write that down. (laughs) Yes.